A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. This is David Moyes. This is Yapstam. This is Ryan Fraser. This is Troy Daly. This is Adam Lalana. This is Jurgen Klopp, and you're listening to the big interview with Graham Hunter. Hello there, everybody. Welcome to a new year of the big interview. And we're back with one of the best episodes we've ever recorded. We were with Adam Lalana, or is it Layana? Yes, everything will be revealed. We went to Brighton on a day when the sea was angry and grey, the rain lashed down, but we received nothing but warmth at Brighton's training ground. In part one of this episode, we talk about Adam's admiration and affection for Maurizio Pochettino and he gives a really first-hand explanation of what makes the Argentinian special as a man-manager. There's an explanation too of Adam's Spanish background, where the name comes from, where his grandfather was born and this Brighton footballer's huge affinity with the Spanish footballing culture. Remember he was at Liverpool for a long time and is a veteran of three big clashes with the Reds and Real Madrid. That tie happens to be coming around again next month in the Champions League. Adam talks us through how relentless Madrid are in their ability to hurt teams, and to hurt teams at exactly the right time the opponent doesn't want it, the exactly the moment when there's a mistake. And why Modric, yeah, look at Modric, in Adam's view, is pound for pound the best midfielder in the world. All in all, this makes a terrific first part to the episode with Adam Lalana. Listen to it, you'll enjoy it. And when you do, tell others, please. Thanks for being with The Big Interview. Hello, everybody. Um, the Big Interview's back on the road. Yeah, the World Cup was fine and all that kind of stuff, but talking to footballers sitting down, even on a blustery, wet, bright day, <laughs> to have Adam Lallana in the big interview is a privilege. Thank you very much. for. We've just spent pleasure. five minutes explaining to you what the hell we do. Was it convincing at all? Does it sound it's sensible? extremely convincing, Okay, yeah. all right, let's, let's put that to the test. You're on the big interview. Thank you very much indeed. I don't often, we, we spend a lot of time in the prep saying, how will we begin this? Because we want to start well, we want to engage people's minds. I've never done this before. I've never read out praise before. 
I want to break a habit and do this. We've got lots of socios who support us all the time, and Gary Harding wrote into us when he heard that we were interviewing you. Great choice. These are good words. Adam was a joy to watch playing through the leagues at Saints. Incredible poise and beautiful balance. Pochettino undoubtedly took his play to another level. Go and see his goal against Hull City. I'd be keen to know what changed to trigger this. Was it tactical, fitness, increased self-belief? But this is the key point here. It was amazing to see, and as a Saints fan, I love this phrase, I'll always treasure the period where Adam was pulling the strings and shooting us up the league. One of my all-time favourite players. Let's not go back and analyse that just for instance. It's, it's, that's not a salary slip. It's not a trophy. But isn't that satisfying mm. that you've made somebody feel like that with what you do for a living it is extremely satisfying and I think he's exactly right in what he says that Pochettino kind of came to the club and the bond I I struck with him was really really special like really special he was like a father to me for the year and a half I worked with him and the only sad thing is is the period of time wasn't longer that I worked with him for um I was captain, I was made captain at 24 and I was feeling the pressure of being the captain in terms of just a bit of weight on my shoulders, trying a bit too hard, a bit too much, which, which is only natural, mm-hmm. being 24, figuring out things. And he just came into the building and just removed that so quickly by communicating with me, finding out what was the matter even noticing that something wasn't I wasn't as I said it's genius that he he could I didn't even know there was a problem Um, so yeah obviously mentioning that period and and Pochettino a a huge fond period for me that was I think for as much as the people behind this podcast and everybody listening to it adores football it's a hard truth that the industry isn't necessarily jam-packed full of people who care who are able to quickly understand human beings, certainly in British terms. I'm a lot older than you. Mm. And, and British football for a long time was very like the army. You'll do as you're told. Yeah. You'll go out to battle. It was regimental. It was hierarchical. And then for a long time, football wasn't a caring, soft, interactive mm. sport behind the scenes. The influx of lots of different continental ideas has has gradually opened that. And I've spoken a dozen or more times to Pochettino on and off the record. And he's a very charismatic, interesting Mm. man with lots of different pictures in his head. And he's quite a romantic man. He thinks about life in romantic terms. And therefore, I think it's easier for him to try and go, I'm going to help this fella that, you know, ultimately will help me. And he's, he's, I think he's skilled at that because he, yeah, it actually matters, the dialogue. Yeah. He's not just doing it as a tactical, like, let's, let's get more out of one of my players. Nah, I think it matters. He cares. And since that, I, I love falling in love with my managers. Like, I love it. And he's, he's probably the first manager that I've, I've fell in love with. If we're going to speak on that level, you know, like yeah. he was like a father figure to yeah. me. And I'm not embarrassed or at all to, to it's say a, it's that. It's a great expression. Even I remember when I signed my new contract a few months later at the club, my mum, my dad, my sister, my wife, we went for food with Pochettino, Jesus, Tony, Miguel, and, and the way he made my dad feel that evening, like, so special, he just went out of his way, even though he didn't speak the language properly. And I'm, I was obviously young there, and thinking, like, I only appreciate it probably more now than I do when I, when I was 24, because you know, I'm a father myself now, and I'm 10 years wiser. 
just shows football's not all about tactics, coaching. It's about relationships. And, yeah, he, he was like a, a father to me. There are many people now, particularly coaches, use the, the phrase emotional intelligence. And, and there, there are also a lot of phrases that just become pat phrases and people repeat them and, and they, they lose meaning. But it's best, and there are courses in studying how to develop emotional intelligence, but if it's natural, if it comes from the character... And I think there's a lot of it in Argentinian and Spanish football. Having lived in... I'm an unreconstructed Scot. Yeah. I'm chippy, I'm argumentative. <laughs> you know, the Dukes come up pretty You've quickly. You've not lost a twang either, have you? I try not to. You can cut through the, the, the hard Spanish accent, can yeah. you? <laughs> but when you go to Spain, it's all hugging yeah, and yeah. cheek to cheek. And I'm like, I, oh, I, all right, I, I love that about it, yeah, I know. It's good that you do. And yeah. I'm, I'm, my sarcasm is directed yeah. at me. Yeah. But they talk about family all yeah, the time. Yeah. It's really yeah. important to them. They see it as fundamental, not yeah. soft. They, they talk about communications and they'll touch you. How are you doing? Yeah. And It's a very yeah. different idea. Yeah. From... If I was to see Pochino now, he'd kiss me on both cheeks yeah. and hug me. And so much warmth. Like, I remember when he invited me around his house and his wife come out with uh, you know, cakes on a tray. Like, hey, what, what do you want? What tea? Just the, the warmth and the emotional context to, to mm-hmm. how he is is something you probably can't teach. Mm-hmm. Like you, you might not be able to go to university and get mm-hmm. that qualification. It's that's cultural. It's charismatic. Yeah. And the minute he walked through the door, he walked in with this aura. Um, when he was in a suit, the way he smelled. I, I just I remember it that to this day I, I was in. Pr- Straight away, I was just taken back and was like, "Wow!" In football, those things matter an awful lot. They're not—they're not everything by any means, and they're not enough. But you've—you've you've, I didn't have this written down. You cast me back to us travelling across frozen Scandinavia from one country to another to go to the banks of a loch, as I call it, lake where Sven Joran Eriksson lived. And you know, we hoped that Sven would be colourful and interesting, but he was a very charismatic person who sat we sat in his home and he pointed down to a summer house on the banks of the lake where he'd he'd because the local pastor had asked him to he brought in um, immigrants from Afghanistan who had no life no way to earn money and couldn't survive and, and he said yeah well they can live there for a few months in my house in the bottom of my garden and the atmosphere was like that and he opened up and he said um, yeah Mancini Viali I knew Viali well and, and he coached both of them he was selected for Santoria not by the president but by two players Mancini and Viali and he was talking about Mancini, and then he stopped and he went, but he's no, he's no David Beckham. Beckham, when he comes in a room, oh. <laughs> and, and he was almost lost in his reverie yeah. for the aura, the presence yeah. of David Beckham. And whether that chimes with Pochettino or not, because they're two, two very different guys, the way in which some people just, and again, I asked, who did I ask recently about it? Um, Stephen Gerrard. Uh, when he, uh, and I, I was interviewing him when he was coaching, and I said, "You see?" He said, "No, that's that's false. That, that might be what people perceive in me, but I'm shy. I, I'm timid. It costs me. That aura thing is elusive. It doesn't belong to everybody. No. And and if it's not real, you can sniff that it's not real. Oh, of course, it's our manager has it here now. Deserbi, si- similar to Pochettino, like." Their, their aura and their charisma is, is similar. Um, Pochettino is probably a bit more romantical, I'd say. Deserve is slightly more 
passionate, um, whether that's an Ita- Italian thing, but it's still with warmth, you know. You hear six of the seven of them bickering, and, and if, if you can be misunderstood that they're arguing, but, yeah. but they're, they're hugging and kissing two minutes later. And, <laughs> and you know, in, in our environment, a very English-British environment... It, it means conflict immediately, means conflict. and your hackles are up. And, and you're probably not speaking for, for the next couple of weeks. And, and to have that in the building here, and, and the same with Pochettino, when he brought that to Southampton, it just kind of like, it relaxes everyone in mm. a way, because you're allowed to disagree and, mm-hmm. and have conflict, but it didn't mean that relationships no. were broken. It, it, it just meant that, that they wanted, that they were different. I wonder if... You know, not to take a single, don't misinterpret me, a single thing away from Deserbi or Poch, both of whom we'll come back to, if you'll allow me. I wonder if there's a de- degree to which you are pre-programmed to have a little bit more interest and empathy in that. I know nothing about your grandfather, except he was born in Madrid. I do know that the last time we met, I was being kicked out of an Andy Robertson interview, which we'd had plenty of time on, in, but Liverpool as you should in the training ground, run a schedule and say, yeah, well, at this time, it's Adam and his, his Spanish tutor. Yeah. Out you go, and Andy was like, uh, OK, <laughs> we, we, must be, we must be out. So I don't know if you believe in genealogy or what does or doesn't get passed down, but your, your abuelo was a madrileño mm. uh, and came to this country. What was the background to that? To what extent... Because he's your paternal grandfather, if I'm yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my grandfather was born in Madrid. Came over over when he was 16. Couldn't speak the language. You know, knew knew no one. Studied to become a nurse. And Do you know why he changed countries? I, I just think for, for 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 a better life to to come and study for, for a better life. He was a proper proper Spanish. <laughs> tough. You could perceive him as tough, but he was so so kind and warm. But I'd say strict with, mm-hmm. you know, kind of went to church, was a very religious man, went, went to church every Sunday. Um, very traditional, but in a suit on a Sunday when he went to Mass, uh, always I'm... smelt with his, like, with his cologne. And I still have that to this, to this day, and it reminds me of him because he sadly passed uh, three years ago. And, yeah, I'm, I'm so proud of him and that I have a bit of Spanish blood in me. I, I feel that... So, like, I love it when people say to me, the first, one of the first things Deserbi said to me was, you, you don't play like an English football player. And when someone says that to me, it, <laughs> it makes me feel really good because I'm like, oh, that's because that's you know, my grandfather's Spanish. Like, I've got a bit of Spanish blood. And I've probably not spoke about that on the record much really I don't mean to pry but I'm, um, I mean I've lived 20 years there my daughter was born there I'm very interested so I'm not prying but and also I, it feels already when we're talking we can, we can work out concepts rather than saying oh I want a linear answer like for example when you, your dad's older than my daughter <laughs> but my, my daughter was born in Spain still feels that she's Scottish is at uni now in Scotland, but when she comes back, she's got Catalan and Spanish, and she feels she's coming back home, although she feels Scottish. Therefore, I wonder, for your dad, who's got a much closer relationship to Madrid and his father, but was born here, I guess. Each, it, it, everybody's perception of genealogy and the blood and the ancestry is up to them, I think, instinctively, you know, on a mental level. Yeah, look, my, my dad's, you know, was born up in... Uh, in England, he's very, very British. Didn't learn the language, didn't pick up the language. You know, my my nan's English, so kind of my granddad 
never spoke Spanish, hence why, which is probably pretty sad, really, because it would have been nice for, for my dad to obviously know, know the language. And um, even though that's the case, that I still feel there are subtleties of, of Spanish in, in the family. And, I, and it's important I want to you know, speak to my kids about that because mm-hmm. I don't want it to, even though you know, the, the generations, as, as they go on, I don't want it to leak out of, of the family. I, I think I want that bit of Spanish. It's healthy. It's, well, it's in the name. It's Layana. You know, people say Lalana, but it's Layana. Um, my nan would always remind people, oh, your, your, your grandson's Lalana. And she'd be like, no, 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 it's Layana. <laughs> Muy bien. Muy bien. <laughs> and... Um, I, I want to, you know, educate my kids when when they get older that, you know, our grandfather was Spanish. You and... could always bring James Milner in as a tutor because <laughs> exactly. when we were there, he was still in that phase when he was only speaking to his kids in Spanish. Exactly, which is remarkable. It is remarkable for Yorkshireman. Um, and I'm yeah. not going to test you, but how, no, how did your Spanish go? Me. Did you because you, know, you don't have a lot of free, not just time, but you don't have a lot of free mental time when you're a footballer at your level. I was learning Spanish for two, two and a half years. And um, I was at the point where I was I was ready to like go and if I was to live in the country, uh-huh. I'd I'd pick it up like that. Yeah. But probably wasn't brave enough to speak it like with um, the Spanish players at Liverpool. I would in moments, but then because it was an English environment, mm-hmm. they'd always want to practice their English mm-hmm, or more mm-hmm. speak their English. Um, and I come in, come here and it just struggled for the time. No, no, it's a lazy excuse, that. No, no, um, that's not my point. I, uh, I all had the of time us. at Liverpool. I had the time. I had the lessons at the club. Uh, the, the tutor was coming there. Mm. It was, and, it, and it was great. Um, I come here and I, I commute a lot more. And it, it, is, it, is, it is sad. It, it's a pending assignment. You know, it's, it's not about fate. It, it draws happen. It, it, but like, you you spent a lot of time in your career. You played Spain a lot. You played Madrid a lot. A teammate of yours from the FA Youth Cup 2005 went and became pretty legendary there. Yeah. Gareth Bale's just retired or just yeah. announced his retirement. You went toe to toe with a player that you really admire in terms of Modric. Um, what what was it like consistently facing Spain, scoring against them? playing Real Madrid in terms of that, that real mix of things about, you know, your grandfather or your grandmother was English, nonetheless she was married to Spaniard. I don't know if the family generally had a team, whether it was or wasn't Madrid or Atletico Barcelona or what. But over the period, you, you've carried the, the Spanish-English flag into, into, into battle, into yeah. competition too, uh, with, with some sore nights yeah. too. Some sore moments. You know, we're talking about Bale there, his overhead kick. I've seen it a few times yesterday when it was announced on, on my on my You're phone on for the Instagram. The, off, the, off, like, uh, the overhead stop kick. Stop it. But I look back there and I think you were beaten by Madrid. You know, who've won the Champions League five times in the last seven eight years. Not to say that I'm proud of losing to Madrid, but if there's a team that t- to lose to, it's Madrid. 
the legacy and the, the history around around the club. And I hope one stage in my career in my life takes me to Spain. Mm-hmm. If my wife's listening on a more permanent basis, <laughs> because I feel like not that I've got unfinished business that I, because I've not started anything in Spain, but. I do feel like at some point in in my career within football, not playing, whether it's coaching, that I'm going to be there in some capacity, working. You've been careful in how you've expressed it, so I'm going to help you a little bit by saying, I went to Spain first in in 1982 for the World Cup, and I just went on the lash. Let's have a month there, a month there. As a Scotland man, I can't even tell you most of the things that went on. But I crossed it, and I'm sharing this because you were being careful about expressing... Almost like mm, there's, there's not a voice calling to me, but I feel there's something. As we crossed from France to Spain via train, and in those days the gauge of the rails didn't meet, so you had to stop at Irun until they switched the gauge of the yeah. rails so you could carry on. And we we, we travelled about 15, 20 minutes into Spain, and it was the old days when the windows of the, and the doors of the trains could open you. Uh, I just went like that, I smelt it, and I, I mean, I had the most extraordinary sensation all that I'm home. And it so happens that my great-great-grandfather was a ship's captain and he went down with a cargo in the Bay of Biscay, just off exactly yeah. where I was. Now, I know that sounds completely fucking local, but I was like, no, 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 this, this is my territory. And when we went back, when my wife said, listen, you, I don't really want to go, but you do, Let, let's, let's go to Spain. We just pitched up and, man, it, it feels like home. Mm. It feels right, so... Yeah. That nature calling yeah, you or that, culture calling there's, you. There's something there. My dad's got an apartment just outside Marbella they, and my mum's 60 tomorrow and they're, they're there. Congrats. Enhorabuena. Yeah, they're there five, six times a year now for a couple of weeks at a time. So they're spending more time out there. Mm. Like I said, it, it's just, I just feel there's, something. There's something. That, that there's, in the future, there'll be an opportunity or something. And I'm going to sit down and be like... Let's take you back to the corporeal. Let's take you back to just playing Madrid for as much as you're able to. And I don't mean incidents. I'm not testing you mm-hmm. on what happened in the games. But like you, you played against both an Ancelotti and a, and a Zidane side. They're, 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 they're held as being a, a club, and I've lived there 20 years, whereby they often play based on having great footballers and therefore that can elevate them in moments. They're also um, categorised, both in Spain and abroad, as a team that doesn't, necessarily want to control a ball, control a game, no. but they'll, they'll consistently do that to you because of something intangible. And yeah. if you, it, it, these weren't your games last season, but if you look, look at last season, I mean, fuck me, it was Glenn Close and Fatal Attraction. They were dead against Paris Saint-Germain. Yeah. They were dead and buried against Manchester City. They were dead against Chelsea. And still, they, when you think about your games against yeah. them, w- w- do you come away with a conclusion about how I can identify this? They just want to hurt you. In them moments that can go, that whether it's in the balance, bang, they hurt you. They make the right decision at the right time. They don't panic because they know they've got Benzema to take the chance when it comes. It's not a question. He's taken the chance. Modric, when he gets in the area, he's the wrong side of you. Is he going to play the through ball? Is he going to play the right pass? Not even a question. Hurt. You're hurt. Mm-hmm. It's done. Mm-hmm. And that's when you say Madrid. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the Madrid I I think. Do you encounter that often in football across your life? No, they're a rarity. They're a rarity. Mm-hmm. They're a rarity, and they, and that's why they've been so successful. Like, what style of play does the damn like coach? 
I can't tell you. I, I couldn't tell you. It, it was that group of players, you know, when like even when Ronaldo was there, it mm. was they were just efficient and set up to hurt you. Whether whether they had the ball, whether they didn't, mm-hmm. and and it resulted in countless Champions League. You're not at Liverpool, and this is not advice for them. They play them in, a, in just over a mm. month, so this is not mm. Adam Lallana tells Jurgen Klopp, "Don't don't be fooled for a second. This is me scratching an itch." Look at Modric. I think you still consider him around pound, pound about for, the best. Pound for pound, the best midfielder in in the world. Remember, I'm a Scot who saw Scotland partially eliminated from the Euros because of our home performance against Croatia when a win um, after the draw yeah. with um, yeah. a win would have done and, I, and I've, I've spent a long time watching Modric very friendly with Darren Fletcher who talked about Alex Ferguson the year before he went saying like we've signed Modric he's coming and Fletcher went why and then looked at him more and went out at this age and his skills there's a team like Liverpool man mark Modric and go we'll go 10v10 because if you give them any that's, that's, at all that's tactically not, that's not a bad that's not a bad idea I think the man has that much respect and he's that good yeah and the age doesn't matter because he's never been lightning quick no without the ball but with the ball and the timing he can play till he's 40 you know, mm-hmm. like no problem mm-hmm. like no problem the guy up here is just, as I say, pound for pound, I think the best midfielder in the world. And, the, and this might not you know, be something that you can categorise having played against them, but it, there is a desire. There's a, there's a Croatian thing, just like there's a Madrid thing, about like when you're not beating us. Yeah. You, you, I'm, not yeah. today, not next week, not ever. Now, occasionally everybody loses, but the elite Croatian sports men and women, not just in football, are like, nah, mm. no, no, no. No, you're not. No, I'm winning this. What I love about Modric as well, is, and you see him when he's in a Croatian shirt, is that he hasn't got the Galacticos around him. Correct. And he doesn't care. <laughs> he doesn't... When someone misplaces a pass and it doesn't go to Modric, he's not arms in the air looking at them. He's head down, running, goes and tries and get, gets it back. Mm. That's... For, for, a new, for someone... That, I watch football, that's what I look at. Mm-hmm. Like when I'm watching football, I, I'm not looking at... Oh, how good Modric is! I know how good he is. I'm looking to see how he's like reacting when his teammates lose the ball. Does he get frustrated and chuck his arms about, or is he really the ultimate pro mm-hmm. and the best footballer in the world? And, and yes, he is. Mm-hmm. Which, which is again why he's he's the best there is for me mm-hmm. because it's not just his, his ability; it's how he adapts to playing with players that like, aren't as good as him as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. And there's a humbleness there. He's done yeah, apart from you know. You'd imagine that you're. Th- point about players around him would, would naturally most correspond to the midfielder around him but it's really strange he's been the number one tutor including the coaches for Vinicius because Vinicius was like you know I'm a Mustang I'll just do what I want I'm a style you know and Modric taught him on and off the pitch yeah alright but if you get that far and you give me the ball oh, you'll get it back better yes. you'll get it back better yes. and you can see him yes. you hear about what he tells him verbally but it's like and Vinicius is, like, is that have oh, you have you is that true? Yeah, you no, no, I've spent time spend talking time to there. coaches and players saying that... Yeah. Because I adored Vinicius because I didn't care that he wasn't yet the final article and I hated the way that... And this is not necessarily for you, but in Spain I felt he was talked about differently because he was a gauche, a strange accent, black Brazilian. And if a young Spaniard was playing like that, the adjectives to, to describe him would have been different. And I was like, no, wait... And, and often people like David Weir have said, when you're scouting and when you're analysing, don't always look at what they can't do. 
look at what they can do and try to adapt and change yes. what they can't do. So I thought, you, and I went back and watched him at Flamenco. Then I watched the process of Benzema was angry with him and lost his temper in a, in a Borussia Mönchengladbach game. But, but Modric went to Vinicius time and time again. You think that the, that the crowd want you to and we want you to, to beat another... No. If you then, if you've done this much and give it to us and then your movement is right, not only will you get it back, you'll score and you'll be even more popular in your contracts. And he listened and it just changed everything. Do you know what's so unbelievable that you say that is if you look at the players we've recruited in the last three, four years, obviously Alexis McAllister, Ar- Argentinian, mm. uh, Moises Caicedo... Ecuadorian, mm-hmm. Julio Enciso, Paraguayan. Mm-hmm. And he's the lad at the moment that you look at him training, he signed in the summer, and you're like, wow, this mm-hmm. guy has got, he's quick enough, he's strong enough, he's got this shot, he's, but he, want, he wants to do everything with the ball, everything. And you're screaming at him to pass it, screaming, screaming. He's, he, he's not wanting to like pass it at the right time, he's just, he wants to impress, he wants to and we're educating him, yeah. it sounds like very similar to what Modric was saying to yes. Vinicius. You know, yeah. they're, they're so, they so what they want to, you know, they, they, they are workers, the South Americans, they want to work and work and work and impress and impress. All we want to do is, is help you, yeah. you know. We haven't got the pace or <laughs> us players haven't got the, the speed or the tricks. But in England, like, or at the top level, if you move it, you'll get it back. That's it. And then you'll 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 be the, you'll still be the superstar. You'll still be the hero. You'll still have the chan the fans chanting your name. Probably more so. More so. But look at, you look at Cristiano. I mean, he he got it's a different culture. Portugal is not the same as as Brazil or South America. But at the point when really all the media industry was saying well, like too many stepovers, okay, that's fine. That's that's not very constructive. It's reductive. It might have been accurate, but the players were saying to him, uh, and and it got. Varied, but it, it ushered Vanistroy out of the club eventually. But Vanistroy's point was right, and it has changed Cristiano. That once you've got here, if you release, I'll be on it, and that will increase the team's chances of winning. Right, it'll increase my goal tally, but it'll yeah. increase your value to. And he did. Yeah. So it took, if it even took a man that, you know, smart and determined to be the best, a little while to understand there's a difference between showing and winning or showing and yeah, being yeah, effective yeah. it's natural that young South Americans from certain cultures will think like that so I know neither of us is being critical but the process of how to teach them and persuade them I think is hard and when when did the the switch turn with, with it, 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 it was it was gradual obviously because there was a there was a slight dis, dis, I mean, I'm, I'm, we're talking in millimetre terms there was a slight disconnect with Sudan in that Sedan is a massively hands-on coach. He's a very good man-manager. Mm. But mm. he was getting the best out of the senior players. Yeah. Vinicius was playing, but if, if Vinicius... If it suited Sedan on the team, Vinicius played on the right, where at the moment, or then, he, he couldn't. He was one-dimensional, not in that he hasn't got two feet, but he needed to play brilliantly from the left coming on to his right, or as a second striker. Both of those things he could handle. If you put him out there at that stage... He wasn't, he wasn't particularly confident if he came right. in onto his left. And that yeah, was frustrating yeah. to Zidane. Now, he played well and he did a lot, but the massive development all came to fruition during, from the moment, from 2-2 against Borussia Mönchengladbach, where uh, Benzema comes off and says to Mondi, don't pass to him, he's playing for the opposition, and, and it was caught on tape. And it, it accelerated then that oh, Benzema, about that, Benzema yeah. went, oh, fuck, okay, that's too far. And within two games... 
Vanessius had released early a ball at Hitafe onto Benzema's head. Goal. And Benzema went, whoa. And he reinvested in, in, in talking and, and helping. Right. Then Modric had been. Ancelotti came and went, you're my guy. I believe in you. Yeah. You'll not be playing 60 minutes. Unless there's a reason, yeah. you'll be playing 90 minutes. Yeah. When games late on, you'll be, unless there's a very good reason you'll be playing on the left, Go out and do it, yeah. and and you know it's it's a yeah, the process yeah. you're involved in now, Julio. It's yeah. it's slow. It's like a jigsaw. It, it doesn't go like tomorrow. It, so yeah. it was a pot simmering, but phew, it's been worth it. He's 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 extremely exciting. He is.